Hey there, everyone. It is three o'clock on a what? What's the day today, there, Josh? This is Easter Monday. Easter Monday. We're so. So what? So what are we doing up at three o'clock? What would you tell uh, the people, Josh? At this moment, I promise to God, I, I'm cleaning my house. Always clean the bathroom if you don't want to repel them. Well, that is that's really good news to hear that because last time we did an interview with you, I'm here with did uh, our exclusives always with you. I'm not sure how that happens and it's just very organic because we're always supporting each other and you're usually one of the people to know about the next issue coming out. Uh, before anybody else almost so we've really enjoyed for what two years now uh, sharing about the news when the next issue comes out but today is not really about us it's about Josh P and I can never say your last name it's so long share with the class Pentelaresco. Is that yeah. Italian or where? What's that background? Malta. The island of Malta. No, no. way. Yeah, way. Totally way. I have. I have. <laughs> I have never met anybody from there. Wow. Well, it, it, my family's from there. I'm born in Canada. Yes. My dad's from the States. And my grandmother's actually from Malta. She's from. Uh, she was born right actually during World War Two. She spent the first two, three years of her life actually in caves while the Nazis were bombing Malta. Malta historically has always been invaded by everybody because it has always been one of the most strategic places on the planet in uh, and, and basically Western civilization history because if you took Malta, you could attack Africa, Europe, you're like, there was nowhere you could not reach with it. So Malta's been conquered by everybody. And during World War II, it was no different. It was a battle between the Nazis and the British. Or, because who, they, whoever controlled Malta could could go after anything or anybody. So my grandmother's from that. From that. So that's, that's where my family's from. So what does your family think about you being an author and a podcast host and creator? Uh... Okay, so when I started, my grandmother, my grandmother uh, was thinking about being realistic and stuff like that. My dad has always, my dad has always been very um, supportive. Um, always, even to this day, he still supports me. He's really, he's really, really, he's really. As far as as uh, family goes, I couldn't have asked for a better dad. I really couldn't have. And so he's been nothing but supportive, and he's encouraged me to go and do it. Um, he gets a real kick out of um, watching where I am now. My grandmother my grandmother has become more supportive as years gone by. I, I'm not entirely sure sometimes that um, again, it wouldn't have been her way, I don't think, for me to do this. She would probably would have preferred being a doctor or a lawyer or something like that. But same token, she loves me, she supports me too. It's not like I was very fortunate 
So when, when and what happened to get you into entertainment and writing and interviewing? How did that all come about from the beginning? So the writing came first. That was when I was 13 years old. I uh, was living in London, Ontario. And there you had London, Ontario at the time in grade uh, 8. There was this contest called the Lost Literary Contest. And the contest was they required me to uh, either write an essay or a story about a point in Canadian history. So I came up with this idea of a time travel story about a kid from Calgary. I never been to Calgary at this point in time. A kid from Calgary that goes back in time in a point in Canadian history. And at the point we were talking about, which is during the French English War, where Canada was actually initially a country, but a territory. Um, it took third place. I, I didn't win anything, but it took third place, and I really enjoyed it, um, and I decided to keep doing it. Interviews came later. I started doing interviews when I was 19, 20 years old, um, maybe a little older, but not much older than that. Uh, so I always, I, I still do, I, I would love to get into comic books, uh, and I, I've done some comic stuff in the past, but I want to actually be really serious about it. And a good way to get started in comics is, is to actually interview comic creators. So... There was this, way back in the forum days, there was this thing called comicblock.com. I would interview independent artists and creators, and we would just, I'd just promote their books. It's not, and ironically, it's not that different from what I do now, but that's where it all kind of started. And I enjoy the interview process because it's always cool to pick the brains of people who are doing their, their own stuff. And I've always enjoyed that aspect of it. And my interviews have always opened doors for me. So... It's, it's always been something I've been very good at, and it always seems to reward me. So I've never, I've never gotten away from it. And the writing, and the writing has, and it's opened doors for me in, in writing, as well as, as well as in other avenues as well. Wow. So, what has been the topics that you really like to dive into uh, with? You've done thousands of interviews, so it's hard to ask you which one's your favorite or whatever. But um, what are the ones that really actually stand out and you still remember to this day, and maybe why? Uh, okay, so the I, I said the pre. There's three phases of my interview career. There is the comic book when I'm just promoting comics, which the which is a separate thing. Uh, my favorite interviews there were a very gentleman named Dork Manic, who I've also had on the podcast. Dork was an up-and-coming comic book creator, and he's definitely someone I kind of model after in terms of building his own brand and design and your niche. Uh, he has a really cool niche in comics. I always feel like with him that um, I still refer him to this day. He was a good dude. I can still talk from time to time, which is always kind of cool. Um, so he's someone I definitely remember from my early years. Um... Diana Kersner uh, is someone I really, really enjoyed. I, there's been an interview I called Season 2, um, which I did written interviews on my blog. And I was really enjoying those as well. And some of my favorite people I interviewed were people like Diana um, Kersner, Simon Rose. Simon Rose is kind of where I, my interview style shifted. Simon was so entertaining as a person that instead of doing a, a typical question and answer deal, uh, I just let him be himself. And that's when I really realized like what I really enjoy about the interview process, which is 
have them in my head. Some some people I have a, like um, a prep, depending on who I'm interviewing. But by and large, I don't worry about it. What I'm what I'm concerned about primarily is can I get the audience a sense of who the person is I'm interviewing. That's my goal with every interview. And we can talk about anything we want. Uh, tonight, an interview with somebody, and we talked about fame and social media and and intimacy in terms of actually how people interact with each other. And we had a really good conversation about that. And that to me was that to me was that to me is that like that kind of stuff is important to me. Um, in the modern era, my favorite interviews are people like Cynthia Evangelina. She was a lot of fun to interview. Sixteen years old and already like a pop star, which that's just. Damn, that was a damn cool interview. John Maven, um, that was probably the most intense interview I've ever had, and it's also a fight that I call my quintessential interview, because um, we started from, he had a book called Rage, I asked him why he called it Rage, and he tells me, like, right off the bat, it deals with all that him and him, dealing with his father's Alzheimer's, learning truths about his family he never knew before. It was, oh, it was just a really, that's where it started, and it ended with him talking about his love of teaching and how he's Fired kids. It was an amazing interview from start to finish. I really, really, really dug that. Uh, my probably the most recent interview I really thoroughly enjoyed was Spider Robinson. Uh, Spider is a science fiction legend, but he's also a journalist and a musician. And when you're talking to a guy like that, just had dinners at the White House, and, and he's talking about his wife, how much he loves her, and still kind of misses her to this day. Um, and, and he's just talking about how, how what kind of blessed luck he's had. Like, that's a really cool interview. And what I'm very proud of. Wow. You know, you inspired us to make our own podcast. <laughs> Can you imagine, you know, we're, we've been fairly close uh, business-wise, and you've always been there for us to promote other people that we've promoted. But um, the way we see it is everybody's idea, everybody's... Um, projects who they put out if they're media we're just sharing we're helping each other out and and you see that and we come to you quite a bit for advice for how to set things up and it's unbelievable because nobody else does that we figure out everything on our own or hire them (laughs) but uh, that's something that's really cool about you is that no one could ever do what you're doing you know, they can uh-huh. they can try, but it's never the same interview. It depends on who's interviewing, hey? Like, or ten... No, it, yeah. It, 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 it completely is. Like, I'm, I'm flexible. Like, the one... Like, so, the real secret to what I do, and this is going to sound corny, but you got to really think about this. I've become kind of a platform for not just for a lot of people to come and, and talk about their work, but in a way that they're comfortable talking about Mm-hmm. Um, whether they're actors, comedians, uh, illustrators, comic book creators, uh, writers, by and large, people that are in the entertainment industry are very introverted. And what I'm really good at doing is I find a way, I find a way to make people comfortable enough that they can talk about their own stuff in their own way. I don't try to, um, I don't buffer too much. Um, I've only, I don't I like editing my interviews too, too much anyway. Um, I had to inter- I had to edit. I actually the first not an interview I just because not too long ago was the first time I actually ever had to interview an editor ed- edited an interview that much just for the basic on the fact that I could have been sued. <laughs> so I had to actually I had to take out the steps like okay I can't have.
have that part of the conversation in the podcast. I don't want to deal with a lawyer the next day. But, <laughs> but I mean, beyond that, I mean, I, I pretty much let everything go. It, it's always my job is to give people a sense of who you are, and I'm and I'm providing a platform where people can do that. And whether how people choose to express that is entirely up to them. Uh, a good interview. I, I mean, I've had some bad interviews or interviews I don't feel that met were as good as they could have been. Um, but I try to keep the door open. And the real secret to that is being charitable, having a charitable concept of being willing to give that stuff away and let people do their things. It's spread. And what I often find, at least in my case, what's been happening more and more. So as I do this, I'm getting. I get taken care of more and more and more. And it's always interesting to me to kind of see how the reciprocity kind of goes. Um, although I, I will have to say, you're like the second person that's told me I've been tired to do a podcast. So <laughs> I know. All of us are just ridiculous, eh? <laughs> okay, no, it's just, it, it's... It's so the I, newest I, I, thing. I, I swear to God, podcasts were not really that thought of, I felt, within media, from, like, my standpoint, I only started thinking about doing it now, because what we do is we record our interviews, because it's so organic, instead of going back and asking them to do a Q&A online, and spend that time to do that, which sometimes I do require that, if I don't know the person very well, and the first time I'm reporting on them, but, uh, you know, for accuracy and stuff. But we like to transcribe it, and then we put it to, you know, online, and that's like our kind of style that we're doing now because it's really just me now doing the interviews, so it's a lot of work or whatever. Same thing with you. And it came about because uh, seeing that that's now more popular, I see celebrities uh, posting that they're on podcasts, and anywhere you go you can listen to it. It's an amazing thing. People should definitely get into it. Well, it's... Po- podcast is an interesting thing because podcasts can be about absolutely anything. Um, there are, like, all kinds of interesting podcasts out there. There's a podcast that can literally help you sleep. It's actually a spell where you listen to it until you pass out. It's the weirdest thing you'll ever listen to. Or podcasts that are, like, cooking shows. Or podcasts that tell stories. Um, stuff I really enjoy listening to are, are podcasts like Stage which is a really, really good storytelling podcast. I love those old, um, like, shadow-style radio shows from back in the day. They're done today, and they're done really well by a lot of people, but there's all kinds of different things that they do in terms of a podcast, and there's something for everybody, and it's it's a really unique medium. It's almost like you live radio, just in a completely different way, which is cool. Well, every... Well, I don't want to say everybody, but uh, 50% of the population has phones and access to uh, iTunes. So, and and even Podomatic is where it's all set up from. But I just think it's really cool to be able to be real when you're talking yeah. to people. Like I swear to God, people do not call each other. My next cover star, Jordan Gooden, and good friend. He gives me so much heck. He says, call me, Jill. What are you doing? I don't want to text you all my life. (laughs) And it's so true. We're so into texting. 
and to disassociating ourselves from emotion and responsibility and that you know making somebody feel comfortable like when you call them it feels so great you can you can really kind of analyze and feel them more than when you're just texting you don't know you know if they're even having your attention from it so well it's kind it, of it, a you know bringing back calling somebody actually <laughs> well it's in my case like when we do podcasts i can i try to i try to um if i can meet them i do it that way i like doing that um if i can't meet them i just do it over skype or uh or discord or something to that effect um but like I said, I prefer the face-to-face because I can, I, I can get a better feel of the person I'm interviewing. Wow. Um, so you go even I, deeper than doing a call. You meet them, then you interview if them? I can, oh. if, I can, if, I, if I can. Um, I look at kind of like this. Um, I find a neutral spot. Don't necessarily have, I, don't, I don't necessarily go over to their place or they go miles away. I've gone to some of, the, some of their places. So, I mean, it, just, it depends on who I interview. But... Um, when I when I do when I do these things, the more interactive like the interview is, the better it is. Oh, I yeah. Right. So I don't mind I, I don't mind the face to face. I'm not really worried about it. Like I might run into an axe murderer this way. So I mean I mean I've made my peace with that. Um, I've made some really good friendships as a result of, of this approach too. Um, you know, uh, I just did my interview, I just released my 250th episode with uh, my artist with my next book, Ken Guitar. And it was great because we had, like, I, I knew I met her in person before, but we just, it was brief, right? Then we collaborate on this project together, and then I actually get to have a real conversation with her. And really, really cool woman, cool, like, you know, she's traveling the world right now, she's an amazingly gifted artist. And, yeah, we ended up talking for about an hour afterwards. Um, just because she goes well, she, we were just talking about our career, like what it takes to be successful as a freelancer, and all that kind of stuff. And I, I got a chance to really sit there and help her out, which I'm really like happy, which I'm happy to do. Um, it's because again, I just felt like that that was what she needed to hear, and this was a way to help her in a good way. And I do, and I get this opportunity when I do that face to face. Whether it's her, whether it's somebody, whether it's somebody like a musician friend of mine, whether it's an author, um, it also the longer, the longer you're with somebody, the more, the more the ice gets broken, and, and it's a better conversation. Oh, and, definitely. Yeah. So, and, then, and again, it's not really an interview anymore in the traditional sense. It's now, it's now a, it's a conversation, which is kind of what I go for with my podcast. Which that's again, that was a very deliberate decision on my part. I didn't want to do a question and answer. Question and answers are great if um, they're, they, I want to throw organic, they're organic questions, they're fine. But if they're very Q&A, unless you're doing like a really quick format, like a five minute format, right? I don't find question and answers on a podcast is very, is very stimulating. Um, I find that it's better when we're just talking about whatever we're going to talk about and it feels real. And some conversations are better than others. I find like, like there's some I really, really, really remember and click conversations that aren't quite as good but they're still they still feel very real and, I, and that's what I go for yeah if you can't really know the person I tell people that all the time exactly that feeling we have when we're trying to 
meet somebody that we've never known, it really is nice to be able to meet them, maybe work with them in some fashion, even a photo shoot, to actually know them. Like when you have created art with somebody, you already know you know them a little. You know what I mean to some fashion. So it's kind of like a certain level, you know, and, and the audience can see how involved you are together in promoting each other and, and supporting. And, and that's really seen through how the conversation, actually. So that's very interesting that you say that. People can see it. trying to support <laughs> you never know where they're gonna go hopefully we always think oh they're gonna go places because usually when you catch them and you want to support them you see that they're up to something and something special in them that you you'd like to you know share to other people to inspire right well i i look at it a little differently i i okay. I, I, I look at it like this everybody's trying Everybody I've interviewed or had the opportunity to, to engage with is trying to accomplish something. And it might be a big thing, it might be a small thing. I've interviewed people who are just literally starting out, so they don't have a clear idea where they're going. And I've interviewed people who have been doing it who are um, legends or who have, who have achieved all the possible success there is to achieve, which I think, which I think is a really, I mean, and, I've, and everybody kind of in the middle. Um, what I find, I can, I, I am a lot better at predicting now who's going to succeed versus who's not, just based on the fact that I've done enough interviews that I can usually tell, like, when people are following certain uh, patterns, they succeed. And when people don't follow certain patterns, they won't. Oh, I, I, what are these patterns you speak of? Woohoo! Okay, like, for example, um, one of the, okay, I have, I, I, I say this. Um, on my podcast quite a bit I have six rules and they, and they are like this show up rule one can I swear on your podcast pardon I, I need to ask, can I swear on your podcast I need to ask that question before I continue definitely not okay alright show up rule two do your thing rule three don't quit rule four the rest is rain rule five Get out of your way. Rule six, no excuses. Show up. Ooh. 90% of the time, 90% of the time, um, 
this one beats most people. I don't really fully understand why, but a lot of people just sometimes when it comes when they say they're going to do something, uh, they don't follow through. And once uh-huh. they don't follow through, so, right, and this is the first one, so show up. 90% of people do not do this. Do your thing. Um, do your thing is very much whatever it is you're doing, whatever you're supposed to be doing, just do it. Whatever it is. It's what you're supposed to do, do it. Rule three, don't quit. It's cliche, but it's also very true. You're like life. If you're in entertainment, you're in the rejection business. You're <laughs> yes. You're going to get rejected an awful lot. Just, it's just the way it is. You're going to be told you're not, you're not, it's not about necessarily being good enough. Maybe you're just not the right person in the right role, but whatever the reason is, you're going to get a lot of no's. It's just life, but you got to keep going and keep persevering. Rule four, the rest is rain. Here's the thing about success. No one can actually anticipate how much success they're going to get. I never expected to get published the way I did get published. I never expected to win the Aurora. None of this stuff I planned. It came my way. Okay. Um, yeah, so it, it, it was just one of those things. As I was going towards my goals, these things came to me. I can't predict it. Life doesn't always guarantee you how much success you're going to have, but you can do the things that can give you the most opportunities to succeed. And the really successful people usually know, figure out where those places are. They're very specific about what they go for. And they just let what is going to happen is going to happen. Now, it doesn't guarantee, again, there's no guarantee of how far you go. Maybe maybe one day, Jill, you will be a Pulitzer Prize winning Golden Globe actress slash publisher. It's entirely yes. a possibility. But maybe <laughs> you, never, you never quite get to those goals. Maybe, maybe, but maybe where you sell, you make a very comfortable living doing both. Because I know you still like to act. I know you still like the model. I know you still like, and you're enjoying the magazine. I love it all, yeah. But, yeah, that. yeah. So, you, so, who knows where exactly that, like, the success you're going for is going to open up. But what you can do is you can create the, as many opportunities for yourself to succeed in those areas as much as possible. The rain will fall where it's falling. There's no point in getting mad at the rain, right? The rain's just going to do what the rain's going to do. But you can put yourself in a position to maybe get a little bit of that water coming from, coming from the heavens. Rule five, when you're successful, get out of your way. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I mean this, this, this is bit, like when I when I won the Aurora, when I, was, when I won the Aurora, I kind of felt like for about a week like a bit of an imposter. Like I, I couldn't believe <laughs> it. Yeah, no, it's, it's just because you just don't. I didn't do anything different, right? I just than what I always do. It's just someone somewhere saw something and said, "Oh, this is believable," and enough people believe that person, and I won the award. So. And that's a really good, and, and I'm not belittling the award at all. It's a cool accomplishment. But for me, it's like, what, what, what do I do? Where do I go from here? And then the answer to that is, keep doing what I've always been doing. Oh. Don't, right? Don't get in the way. Don't let your feelings get in the way of what you, again, what got you here is what's getting you your success. So if you're going to continue to be successful, you got to keep doing what brought you here to begin with. Get out of your way. Finally, no excuses. It really doesn't matter at the end of the day what the final result is, how or why the result is. The result is the result, right? You showed up, you did your thing, this is what happened. You didn't show up, you didn't do it, this is what happened. There's no excuses. You're going to do exactly what you want to do. 
crab, you're going to do exactly what you want. So, if that's the case, be very cognizant of what that is and offer no excuses for anything that happened. Own up, own up to your stuff, move on. If you can do all those things, I can't promise you you're going to be entirely successful. I don't know where your success curve is going to be. I can't, no one can measure that. But I will promise you this, people are going to notice you. I promise you that people are going to stay, they're going to trust you, and that people are going to believe in you, right? You can follow through on all of that stuff. You show up, you do your thing, you don't quit, you, you let what falls is going to fall, you're going you're to get out of your own way when whatever stuff has come your way, you're not going to get yourself sabotaged with anything like you don't fall for alcohol or drugs, or get distracted by a significant other, or any of the other distractions that come along in your life. What you would, and by the way, I'm not saying a significant other is necessarily a distraction, but it, sometimes they can be, right? But the thing is, you did, you don't let yourself deviate from the path you're on. You own up to your mistakes. You own up to the, your results, no matter what they are. If you can do all that, you will Put yourself ahead of the curve for every for ninety percent of the people out there. You will actually you will get you will eliminate the biggest obstacle to success yourself. That is so amazing, Josh. Thank you so much for taking this call. You are up so late working so hard and we just really wanted to share with our audience that you've been behind us pretty much the whole magazine to promote hey the next issue is out and we really appreciate that and we hope that people check out your just joshing um itunes podcast and we will be sending you more people from our magazine to be interviewed by you you're excellent at what you do oh thanks very much okay can i, can I do can i plug myself real quick before before we wrap up definitely okay so Ladies and gentlemen, my, my podcast, Just Joshing, is available on a variety of platforms, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. It airs, generally speaking, Mondays and Thursdays every week. This week will be Tuesday and Thursday. When does this air? When are you airing this? Well, as soon as I can. Probably very soon by tomorrow. Okay, in that case. So, this Tuesday, because of Easter, my podcast this week will be Tuesday and Thursday. But, generally speaking, Mondays and Thursdays. New episodes come out featuring some author, primarily Canadian, although it's uh, from other places in the world too. My next my next two episodes features guests from the UK. Uh, my book, Alice Zero, will be coming out this May. My next book, and my book, Following Up with Cloud Diary, will be at the end of the summer in August. Um, outside of that, um, yeah, I, I, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram at jpentelaresco. Feel free to say hi and share the podcast wherever you can. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Josh. No worries.